0: I don't think that you're going to get the quality of tenants that you want or the quality of people around there that you want if you're not willing to live there yourself. So if you're investing in a neighborhood for pure rate of return, it probably isn't fair.
1: Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Uh, Just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fund That Flip, you know Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fund That Flip and their sponsor of today's episode, What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you gotta do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've gotta qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to two million dollars. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out the fluffy stuff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we've got Peter McKircher. How you doing, Peter?
0: Good, and yourself?
1: I am doing well, my friend. And nice to have you on the show. Peter is a realtor. He's a broker. He's got his own construction company, his own property management company. He's an investor and he works with investors. He's doing a whole lot in a lot of different areas of real estate, and he's based in St. Louis, Missouri. You can say hi to him at STL mogul dot com. And uh, with that being said, Peter, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now.
0: I started in uh, college. I was actually in between my junior and senior year of college, and uh, bought a four family with a friend. Rehabbed it ourselves. Uh, turned a profit. And then, wow, we can make money. This kept going, built a business around it, built that up over the years, had a partner split and then did a little bit of wholesaling and then to get me through the rough years and then back to full-time investing, property management, and uh, being a realtor for clients. And also I do a little bit of mentoring as well for free through my meetup to make sure that people don't go through some of the uh, things that I went through when the times got tough.
1: You you mentioned you started with a four-family, bought it with a friend, rehabbed it, then built that up. Then you had a partner split. Why'd you do the partner split?
0: Different directions. She was a, uh, an amazing programmer, and she had you know to focus 80 hours a week on that, and I was in the uh, financial industry, and I had a lot more free time, so that she thought that I should do it all, and uh, I did not feel that way, so... <laughs> I thought it was best that if I was doing it all, I'd do it all myself.
1: How'd you have things structured legally, and how'd you split up legally?
0: Well, that was the good news. Is is her dad kind of mentored us and made sure that we had everything in place with our LLC, so that you know it's six pages on how you come together and eighteen pages on how you get divorced, but you do it when you're amicable to each other and friends. So everything was. detailed on how we were separating everything. So it was pretty much a 50, 50 split during that time. We tried to put our property with a property management company and they were awful. So we had to take it back and we can just end up dividing the property one day, very amicably sitting down and going, all right, I want this one. Which one do you want? And then which one don't you want, you know what I mean? And kind of just dividing property all the way through so we can be done. Didn't have this property management company that was terrible, and that made me want to start my own property management company because these people were crooks, and you just have to be ethical. I know things come up, but they don't come up every time.
1: And how many properties did you two have?
0: Around eight, I eight. believe.
1: Okay, and yeah. then the the other question I had was when you started switching gears. Or actually, I want to ask about the the property management company. What were they doing or not doing that made you look into them more where you then ended up going in a different direction?
0: Well, we didn't know, but you start with like a reserve on a lot of property management companies. Our company doesn't have it. And by the end of that month, they had ate through the reserve. Well, our reserve was $10,000. And... Everything was detailed out on their invoices, but they were going in there, make readies, cleaning all these things. And the, the prices were astronomical and their property management fees were so cheap were 5% that they didn't, there was no profit in there. So they had to kind of be crooks to make profit. And then they didn't, they weren't making what I felt like is as, as normal profit. And, you know, it would have been different if they go, Hey, our properties were almost fully rented. I think we had two vacancies out of all of the units, and they needed to be cleaned. Yeah, we're like, go ahead and clean it, thinking, you know, a few hundred dollars, not a $1,000 to clean a property. So I guess kind of that being said is, you know, one of the things I tell my mentees that they need to make sure that they, you know, I like to have everybody manage their property themselves for the first two years. I know that you're not able to do that, but you have to kind of get a feel on how, what normal costs are. Mm -hmm. And they will definitely go up from when you manage it yourself to when you use a property manager, because you're going to have to pay them to go to the property, look at the problem and then either fix it in house or dispatch somebody else to fix it. And then you're going to have to pay for the time of them getting there. Unlike when yourself You know, you're out there on a Saturday or something, you don't really think about how many trips you made to Home Depot. So that's something I always tell people to look out for is normal cost. When you managed it to when a property manager, managed it.
1: As someone who does not do property management, and I don't enjoy it because I have had a taste of it, I love that advice because even if you don't manage it yourself, you've got to have, as you said, a fill for the normal costs so that you know if you're being swindled or not, or so you know how to project when you're underwriting the property before you buy it. And so as an asset manager, if you're managing the management company, the asset manager, you're able to have some checks and balances for what those costs are. I, I love that advice. Absolutely. You said then you went into wholesaling during the rough years, and now what are you doing?
0: I make that money a a few different ways. One, I guess the most upfront thing is being a realtor, and then we have the property management company that can manage the property, and the construction company, which we either flip houses, we're always flipping, we're always working, it would actually be nice every once in a while if we had a break, but we're always flipping property and taking on projects for other people whether they're looking for like a Burr method or if they just need some make ready. And then, of course, selling property as a realtor. And now we are working on some syndications with a few things of getting larger property and making sure everybody has a good upfront straight rate of return. So I'm structuring those a little bit different than than most people.
1: I want to dig into a couple of those things. But first, the Burr method, it's by rehab... Rent, refinance, is that right?
0: That is correct. And then repeat.
1: Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget that last time. Repeat. And then for syndications, you mentioned what type of syndication are you doing?
0: We're looking at large apartment deals. We're looking at a couple other things. I used to be a financial planner, and I'm trying to work out a retirement plan geared toward my father's age, who turned 70 in June. So we're looking at It's stable rate of returns guaranteed dividends every month, which are different than anything else I've seen out there. So that the people in that age bracket, like they're getting their their social security check, they're getting another check every month that doesn't stumble. So, you know, even if the stock market goes down or up, it doesn't matter because they have this check coming in every month and it also helps them build wealth because you can grow so much faster. If you never have a falter, so, you know, those nine, 10, 12% rate of returns that people like to talk about in the stock market, they don't talk about the gifts where they lost one or 2%, which actually kills that whole rate of return because you lost money. So that's a long drawn out conversation that we can get into, but if you start faltering and having down years, your overall net worth will be a lot less, even at eight or nine, 10% rate of returns instead of a steady 6% rate of return every year, year in, year out.
1: I'd love to dig into that. When you say guaranteed dividends, you're not referring to a preferred return, are you?
0: It's similar to a preferred return, but it's backed by me and my portfolio of property that I own in cash. and I'm actually starting a few other businesses. I'm a big home brewer, and we're looking to start a brewery as well as move some flips into that as well. So that way there's plenty of money in that. And instead of using outside funds for large projects, where your biggest concern is the bank, and that's how I really got burned in the down market, is they started calling notes. So if you have a pool and you have your guaranteed money there, you can really do some great things.
1: What type of structure is that? from a legal standpoint?
0: It would be an LLC with regulations D and C in it. So accredited investors, they have to come to me. I can't go actively search them out. A lot of friends and family are starting to look at this. I'm very blessed in that situation as my my family has done very well as well as my wife's family.
1: Interesting, I'm stuck on the guaranteed dividends if It's backed by your portfolio, but what happens if your portfolio tanks? Then
0: That's what the lawyers have to work out on the verbiage. They want to stay preferred. I keep wanting to stay guaranteed, so that is the thing that they're working on. Okay. Um, without all the legal document in, in front of me and, and everything, we haven't funded this yet. This is a, a work in progress. It's been going almost two years now trying to work all the kinks out to make sure that it's, it's bulletproof.
1: Wow. You've been working on this with attorney for two years. Did I hear that right? Yeah. How, yeah. how much have you spent so far?
0: Uh, a little over 35,000 and I have some CPA fees in there as well. Wow.
1: Why, and why not just do something like a fund? It's been done before and you are able to go and buy what you want. You raise the money, put it in a fund, go buy what you want why not do that?
0: I like the freedom that it would have my fund or my pool versus if I raised a straight REIT fund because the way I always looked at it is they have direct things that they're supposed to do. So, you know, if you invest in ABC REIT and they're supposed to be a buy and hold long-term, that's great. But I would like to also have long-term as well as some flips built in to really help and build that and then also some diversifications and helping the communities that we're in as well, that we can be a private lender. There's a lot of things that I want to do and I don't know if I'm going to even be able to do it with one fund by the time everything gets worked out. The normal syndications are much easier and straightforward where you're buying one property and you pull those investors. But I'm trying to do it where it'd be my war test going forward.
1: What's your best real estate investing advice
0: ever? Don't buy anything if you wouldn't live in it.
1: Really? Even in areas that are (laughs) rough initially, but you see a way of bringing it up to where you want it to be, but in that transition stage, you'd still have to live in it in order to buy it?
0: I'd have to, hell with a handbasket. If something happened, be willing to live there. I don't think that you're going to get the quality of tenants that you want or the quality of people around there that you want if you're not willing to live there yourself. So if you're investing in a neighborhood for pure rate of return, it probably isn't there because you can't get it. I mean, I've chased rate of return on paper before and got burned. And it was, you know, perceived versus actual is two different things. But if you're in a neighborhood, even in a transitional neighborhood, if you're willing to live there, other people like you would be willing to live there.
1: When you talked about how you're currently making your money, realtor, property management, construction company, and working on the syndication, which is not making you money right now, but uh, hopefully it will. What part of the business do you spend the most time on and is that part the one that makes you the most money?
0: Yes. Right now I spend the most time being a realtor and finding deals. And then on the other construction company in the the property management side is managing those people. So being a manager, managing downward. And I know the property from when we bought it and what my idea was on what it things needed to be, it, it seemed to work out pretty well. Kind of a top-down method.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. Alright, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're looking for funding for that fix and flip of yours, then check out Rod Stanback's company. And if you recognize Rod's name, that's because he was a guest on episode 291. His company is called Flip Funding, and they do real estate loans nationwide. Take advantage of the low rates today and the excellent customer service with Rod and his team. Go to flipfunding.com. That's F-L-I-P-F-U-N-D-I-N-G.com, or just simply call them at 844 354 seven three eight six that's eight four four three five four seven three eight six best ever book you've read
0: i'm still gonna go with rich dad poor dad
1: best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it
0: personal growth experience probably um losing money in, in 0809 invested up north in a property that i wouldn't live in and that's why i have my uh rules now if i would only buy something that i would live in
1: when you say up north is that like north st louis um, or is no, that sorry. North? north
0: north city of st
1: louis yeah how far away is it
0: from my office twenty minutes
1: so still within a driving driving distance are all your properties within driving distance yes so they're all in the st louis area Correct. what are the numbers on that deal
0: the one that I lost? Yeah. Um, you can take the direct numbers out of my website on my blog, and it's labeled worst mistake ever. Um, basically, I bought a two six-family, so a 12-unit building, and then um, each of them had a really nice layout. Well, I consider nice that it would be all two-bedroom units. All I had to do is put a wall in, so I went after and did that. Then we had a gun pulled on my property manager, and um, then things went downhill quickly from there. And we sold that property for $17,000. So we took a huge loss. With that loss, the bank called another note, a really nice property, a really nice fixed family in Tower Grove to make whole. So yeah. Dang. Not my finest moments, but. In the middle of clearing this property out, uh, we decided we would board it up, and one night people broke in and gutted the entire one building of six, short, six units overnight. I mean, they took wiring, they took everything. Stoves, refrigerators, clawfoot toilet, tubs, toilets, everything. You know, if I could find the people that did that, I would probably hire them to work <laughs> on a demo career.
1: I'm looking at your blog, and by the way, Best Ever listeners, I have linked the blog post to the show notes page, so you can just simply click it to his blog. Oh, great. Thanks.
0: Way to publicize my worst one ever. Yeah.
1: Well, they'll see other blog posts, too, but you lost (laughs) $250,000 in those two properties, huh?
0: Yeah.
1: How long ago was that?
0: A nine or a ten from around there.
1: Well, here, here's a perfect segue for you, my friend. What's the best deal you've ever done?
0: I uh, bought an eight family, and I uh, did some minor tweaks to get all of the utilities out of my name, and um, sold it one year and one day later for $80,000 profit.
1: 80000 80, profit in one year. And the, yeah. the key was what in that deal?
0: Um, Commercial property, you um, the utilities hurt me more than just about anything else, the expenses side of things. So I got rid of a lot of the expenses. It had a common gas bill where we were paying in heating properties, so we changed those over to baseboard heaters.
1: What's the best ever way you like to give back?
0: I do a lot of charity work. I actually had a party at my house. Boy Soap Girls Hope, which uh, is a pretty phenomenal program. I think it's actually all over the U.S., but it takes the best and the brightest from terrible neighborhoods and they provides them with actually, they actually live at the home and um, they have a hundred percent graduation rate from college. So that's one charity that I deal with and that I mentor. I really enjoy giving back and I give away all of my advice for free. It comes back tenfold.
1: How does it come back?
0: through people referring me clients or just just feel good about yourself. There's no price tag on that.
1: I think we talked about this already, but in case you've got another one up your sleeve, what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: You've heard it already, so we're good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you?
0: My website, email me through there. I'm also on Bigger Pockets a lot. Or you can just show up at one of my meetups is the Second Tuesday of the month, it's a dinner with a mentor. I believe is what it's labeled right now. And we're really geared toward buy and hold investors. And we just kind of have a nice round table and uh, talk. It's a really open format. And a lot of times people come in with new questions and some people come in with experience questions and um, we all talk about them openly. It was really cool. About three months ago, we were able to save a guy. And actually, he ended up making money because he was going to flip a property two hours away and he was going to use credit cards to do it. I mean, he had no experience anything, but he found a phenomenal deal, at least he thought, so um, we talked him into wholesaling it, and he ended up making five grand on it, so that's pretty cool.
1: Well, Peter, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice and your story with the best ever listeners and Boy, that 250k loss. Uh, thank you for sharing that and, and being transparent and talking about what the lessons you've learned from that. Uh, the main one is to invest where, where you're willing to live. I I know some people follow that and some people don't, uh, for better or worse. The other thing is your approach with the syndication, this unique model of, you know, having just a a. a A platter of all sorts of different types of structures or strategies in the syndication really interesting I mean you're you're certainly blazing new territory there and then the eighty thousand dollar gain or profit that you got on that property in one year where it was a multifamily property and the main thing you did to increase the value was you got rid of a lot of the expenses and one specific thing is you took the common gas bill and you uh, submetered that so that they were baseboard heaters.
0: Correct, yeah. And that was one year and one day. One it's, year one it's day. It's really, really important. because then We 1031 did it to another property.
1: So. Got it. One year and one day, especially if the government's listening. Peter, thank you again for being on the show. Hope you have the best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
1: If you're looking for funding for that fix and flip of yours, then check out Rod Stanback's company. And if you recognize Rod's name, that's because he was a guest on episode 291. His company's called Flip Funding, and they do real estate loans nationwide. Take advantage of the low rates today and the excellent customer service with Rod and his team. Go to flipfunding.com. That's F L I P F U N D I N G dot com, or just simply call them at 844 354 7386. That's 844 354 7386.